Welcome to the Chew Club podcast with Mars Masco Harris. As creative director of the Whispering Bob Broadcasting Company, Miles has filmed and recorded over 300 intimate live sessions over the UK and the US, including performances from Jason Isbell, Margot Price and Beth Nielsen Chapman. Miles talks about the filming of these special Under the Apple Tree sessions, many of which take place in an old shipping container turned studio, and about his transatlantic country connections. I hope you enjoy the podcast. I was going to start with Under the Apple Tree. And, yeah, sure. Yeah, so like, uh, how did that come about? What was the... Why did that start? Well, um... It started originally, actually. I mean, uh, so the little studio that we have that we record the sessions in is actually an old converted uh, porter cabin. So it's quite mm. quite long and narrow. And we'd had it there for a, a few years because my dad, uh, who is Bob Harris, any listeners out there who might not know what we do, uh, obviously does a lot of interview work and voiceovers mm. and stuff. And we needed a space where he could just, you know, if, if he needed it to do anything quickly, just yeah. go down and do it there. So we, we have... Um, and because we can't build permanently on our land, right. it's, it's protected in some way that we had to get something that was a temporary building, yeah. but we could do stuff in. So we put this porter cabin up and my dad had been using it for, I guess, maybe six or seven years, probably, uh, mm. to put his radio shows together and record interviews and documentary stuff here and there and all that sort of thing. And then I started doing this random internet radio show, uh, which went across a couple of stations, Banbury Internet Radio, <laughs> oh, <cool. laughs> back in the day. Yeah. And um, we... You know, we know a lot of musicians and stuff who tend to, to mm. drop in and just say hi and things. So, you know, I just thought one day, well, it'd be cool if somebody who came by just wanted to come and do a little thing for my uh, internet yeah. radio show. So it happened with a couple of people. I had some, uh, a, bank, a bank called the Dunwells came in and did okay. something. And like Eric Brace and Peter Cooper from Nashville, who, who are good friends, said they'd just come in and do a little yeah. thing. Uh, and the bookshop band and, and pe- people like that oh, yeah. uh, came in and did did various things just for my radio show. And, wow. uh, and then I was like, well, I might as well stick a camera on this it's quite cool so uh, officially the first the first film session was a girl called amy spies okay. who's from east nashville who's great and uh she's in now in a trio uh with emily barker and amy rubarth i think called yeah. applewood road who applewood. recently supported mary chapin carpenter anyway um so she so i just i had a little gopro basically and just stuck it on on that yeah. uh, session i did with amy and then me and bob were talking and we were like well it'd be nice to start putting stuff online and yeah, you know yeah having a bit of a presence there so i stuck it online and as the studio does sit under an apple tree i was like well I might as well just call it under the apple yeah. tree sessions and that's that's basically how it started then so you know uh once we put the first video up then uh, we we people saw it and some people started asking if they could come in and do stuff as yeah, well yeah. um yeah it just kind of went from there so amy spice was one of the first we had al lewis from lewis and lee came in yeah. very early on as well and blue rose code and people like that <laughs> and it just just yeah it started going from there we did we only did them once every week or two really to start with yeah um but now we've done about 350 altogether i think and putting like three out a week so yeah, it's kind yeah. of yeah looked, it's got to be busy <laughs> i looked at the number of actual videos and it the, yeah the count i didn't count them myself but yeah it looked like a, a 499 something like that actual videos. yeah well we get to every artist that comes into the studio we get to do three performances mm. um they get to do two originals and a cover and uh, so, yeah, I guess if you count up the amount of individual, like, separate performances we mm. filmed, it must be about a thousand now, probably. Wow. Some of them don't end up going out until later, or we use them in different areas and stuff. So yeah, not all yeah. of them are on the YouTube channel and things. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, we've managed to, <laughs> managed to churn them out a bit. <laughs> That's a lot of content. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. And you, you've you started to, um, I don't know how long you've been doing it, but go to festivals and having like a little yeah. pop up studio and doing sessions there. That yeah, it's it, it's it's really nice actually. We started to do do more of that. Um, yeah, so some festivals like we're, we're very local to truck festivals. So mm. We've done stuff there in the past and uh, Cornbury and uh, Cropperty, which is Fairport Conventions Festival, and then. Uh, from we just you know from that we just would set up like a marquee or something backstage and record sessions in there yeah and then uh we started doing actual sort of program stages at certain festivals now as well which is fun so we're at the silverstone f1 earlier in the year oh, wow. uh and we've got something coming up for country music week in october we're going to be at bush hall um which will be fun so uh, and now we're starting to do like our own little mm. showcase bits here and there we've got a relationship with a studio up north where we go once a month and Oh, put on cool. artists and stuff so yeah it's, it's really nice yeah i'm really enjoying it <laughs> i feel like the from looking at the under the apple tree sessions um in the the porter cabin in the yeah back, yeah <laughs> um and actually yeah being lucky enough to to go and do a, a, a very couple. good session it was as well yeah <laughs> oh, <thanks. laughs> um I, like i feel like there's some sessions that i watch and they're like big hitters they're really you know established artists usually coming through from uh, or a lot of the time coming through from the states or mm. or um you know established in the uk and then you're also really giving a platform to uh the bands that um or musicians artists that are kind of coming through the ranks and yeah putting on a bit of a level playing field and i think that's like away from the idea of uh you know a record label putting money into it getting plugged on radio all that mm. kind of thing it's just yeah. a really kind of good um uh kind of uh thing in itself yeah i mean basically our, the only criteria we have for artists that come into the studio is if we think they're really good that's yeah. literally <laughs> it so it doesn't matter whether they've got five million twitter followers or yeah, 150 yeah. uh yeah. if they're really good we'll get them in the studio and and, and record them you know yeah and it's, it's nice actually because it does you know you said level playing field and it kind of does do that i think because uh the nature of what we do is it's very stripped back and acoustic the space is quite small so yeah. it forces people into making it very acoustic and mm. so it it does kind of level the playing field in that way for everybody as well because yeah, yeah. uh it, it makes them kind of exposed i guess in a way yeah, and it, yeah. it really exposes the artist and the song for how good they are yeah and uh yeah it's really interesting we were talking about sam outlaw earlier and, yeah. and he came in uh, a few weeks ago and did some songs off his latest album which has been very well received but it was lovely because it's, some of the songs on there are quite big in their production and they've got you know big drum kits going on electric guitars and things but when he came in we had to strip it right back so it was all acoustic uh, apart from uh, somebody was playing a little pedal steel yeah but you know there wasn't a big drum kit it was all acoustic guitars and it, it made it really really special I liked it a lot actually yeah yeah I think um, there's one that you mentioned you kind of you seem quite fond of so I made sure that I took note and, and watched mm. it. it was i think darling side yeah yeah that was an incredible session like they're, they're unbelievable yeah they're one of those bands like um i don't know if you ever saw spring offensive in oxford no i didn't actually. um a band that has kind of two sides to them they don't do this is our loud live band and then we've uh, and and you know we try and like work out how to do it uh kind of mellow or strip back mm. they've got they're almost like as good in either mood yeah like um you know you could have the live uh, kind of or like more live band version of an album mm. and also the stripped back one which would sound just as good and it's not kind of it doesn't rely on the intimacy of it it just mm. is that good a kind yeah. of piece of music yeah well they're, they're great uh, they're they're they kind of hark back to the old sort of bluegrass stuff. They all sing mm. around one mic and everything. And, and they actually, whilst they were on the UK tour, they came in and they had, in the video, you'll see it if you watch it, they've got this vintage RCA ribbon mic, oh, wow. which they brought with them. Wow. And they were like, so 
on our live gigs this tour we literally this is what we use basically to, to sing around so you know do you want to just stick it in the middle of us and we'll just do it that way and I was like yeah it makes my job a lot yeah, easier yeah so uh yeah uh with them they had a couple of uh, guitar arms which I just stuck mics on but literally apart from that it's just that one yeah, ribbon yeah. mic that's in the middle of them so when they're singing you know everybody leans into two harmonies and, and goes back and it, it, it was amazing but yeah it's just that's very raw yeah performance that really showcased how incredible their music yeah. is yeah and really kind of being like like concentrating on your band as a whole rather than your like how you're kind of playing, you know, yeah. making sure that you're the loudest or the quietest. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's everything all at the same time. I, I saw Della May do something quite similar. Yeah, Della May, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, managed to catch them a couple of times. Um, uh, once in Oxford and once in London. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, ended up trying to find a karaoke bar with them in, in London <laughs> at one, at one nice. point. Um, but they're, yeah, amazing. It just kind of makes you realise the musicianship and mm. kind of... Um, uh, you know, it's not, it's not a show. I think they're some of the best players I've ever seen. I think yeah. Well, you've got nothing to hide behind, have you? Because, yeah. it, you know, when, when you're in a big arena and you've got massive, you know, amp stacks and there's guitars yeah. laid on guitars, it's easy to uh, get lost behind other stuff. But yeah, when yeah. it's just four guys and microphone, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. it's going to capture everything. So, yeah, yeah you know, it, it, it really is completely raw. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's great. I really love those guys. Which is, I guess, an interesting kind of... Um, uh, topic the whole kind of huge country music arena tour show kind of mm. thing because obviously in america it's really big um but uh from going to country to country i didn't actually get into the arena mm. but uh yeah seeing how kind of the scale of that uh weekend and how yeah, many people huge. are going to yeah. watch that like have you ever been to that style of I don't say gig, I guess it's concert at that <laughs> stage, isn't it? Um, in, in the States? and um, Yeah, a couple of times, I guess. I went to see Taylor Swift oh, years wow. ago when she was doing, it was, um, I can't remember what year it would have been, it was her Red album, so yeah, yeah. The, the album before, the album before, the album before this one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was it was at the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, uh, which okay. I think holds about 18,000 or 20,000 or something. So it's a similar size to the O2. Mm. And uh, yeah, that was that was absolutely huge. Uh, but country to country is amazing. It it, yeah. it has really become a, a massive uh, festival now in in the UK, and there's so much uh, goodwill and support uh, yeah. around it. You know, like uh, they get all the big hitters over. It's funny though because yeah, I, I think that's it, it's starting to happen now. But a lot of the bigger US artists uh, don't often come and do big tours around the UK, mm. or the, the country artists at least, um, because I think up till the last few years they weren't sure whether they'd be able to sell the tickets or whether there was enough of an atmosphere for them yeah, but yeah. I think CTC is kind of proving that there's you know you can get 20,000 people in the O2 in a day to come and see all these country artists and so it's like Miranda Lambert she's done a big tour here with, with Ward Thomas's support uh, yeah. oh, wow. uh, so I think uh, yeah I think everything just seems to be in a, in a good place and uh, people are starting to realise you know how good country music is over here yeah, which, yeah. Is, which is great that's amazing i think from um there's a couple of people having uh, uh andrew combs on the podcast yeah, yeah. and um from just chatting to people uh, talking to dela may coming through and things mm. that it's quite an odd thing to play this country or bluegrass or americana or whatever kind of label they're particularly under yeah um, and people enjoy it as much as America, but not dance and not move around as much. Because in America, it's like boost on. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, involved. I know. I think it's just it's just a culture thing, really, isn't it? We're not used to that music yeah. coming over here very much. I, I mean, I think you know, you know, through the '90s and stuff, the whole I don't know 
line dancing, achy breaky heart kind of vibe yeah. was sort of the prevailing thing. And people didn't really see country music as very cool for a long time. I think yeah. that's, that's still, it's still what's holding a lot of the mainstream sort of consumers back is that impression of it but it's it's changing hugely yeah yeah in you know the, the music is really good people you know we're talking off mic about jason isbell yeah and ryan adams and those sorts of yeah. you know burgeoning americana people who really uh, sort of across genres in a way and appeal to so many people just because their music's so great and i think everyone's starting to realize how many different sort of facets there are to country and americana yeah, it's not yeah. all just Line dancing, yeah, yeah. you know, well, <laughs> achy breaky heart stuff. Jason Isbell, I, I mean, he might have changed his mind since this interview, but I remember reading that he put Americana, the start of Americana, down to um, Led Zeppelin three. Oh yeah, okay. So that's why he thinks that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah. It, 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 my dad talks about this a lot as well because obviously, from being on the old Grey Whistle Test, and he now presents the the country show on mm. Radio Two, and people are like, how did you go from, you know, from the Whistle Test to to country? Yeah. And he was like, well, actually, there's been, there's always been a line of country music, if you look at it, through rock and all that stuff through the years anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even back, because obviously with Americana, that in- incorporates a little bit of the blues and all that stuff. And even when you go back as far as Muddy Waters and the, the Rolling Stones took their band name from a, a, a Muddy Waters yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. It just, yeah, there's, there's strings of it. And obviously people like the Eagles and all those sorts of people coming through and making, you know, sort of crossing the barriers between country rock and stuff. There's always been that thread. So it's actually, if you, can, if you trace it back, I think a lot of the sort of rock music and that sort of thing has has its origins in in country or blues or Americana yeah, in some way. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah even, even kind of like if you come through the Beatles and Elvis, kind of goes back to Sister Rosetta. Thought, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's all kind of there in the, the dare I say it, roots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, roots music. Yeah, roots. it's funny how you define Americana. Mm. We talked about this with with a lot of people. Jed Hilly, who's the sort of CEO of the Americana Association yeah. uh, in the states. Uh, was just like roots, uh, yeah. Americana music is is you know a, a genre of music that kind of takes its uh, inspiration from American roots music, whether it's blues or folk yeah, or yeah. whatever. It kind of so that's when you're at the award ceremony, or whatever. You can go from hearing somebody like Keb Mo, who's really bluesy, yeah, yeah. So then you know Loretta Lynn would be standing on stage and and it being really country. Yeah. So it's very. Uh, inviting in of, of a lot of different people. I think it's a similar thing with, with us under the apple tree. I think it's basically, you know, obviously you've got to have a loose uh, genre border. Yeah. But yeah. as long as the music's really good, I think they kind of they accept it, and you know, you can make your way in that way. Yeah. So if it was kind of electro pop country, <laughs> yeah, but maybe stretching the borders a bit too far. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. People get a Korg synth in. Maybe yeah. That's exactly. The, yeah. That's the yeah. That's a defining Although line. I can, I can get a really terrible Hammond sound out of one of those yeah. Korgs. It doesn't sound great, but yeah. it'll re- yeah, demo. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I think um, my my big uh, step into country or Americana was uh, my friend Mike. Um, we mm. went uh, saying just just before we started speaking about um uh my first trip to nashville and um he'd kind of prepared this playlist uh, <laughs> and i kind of added in a lot of stuff that i'd been listening to in new york um some electronic mm-hmm. <laughs> music and things and he very much put in things like jd messina that i'd mm-hmm. never heard of and just a lot of uh kind of all the 80s 90s country music 2000 country music because he'd been listening to a lot for years yeah. i was really interested i think a lot through Rikuda, listening to Rikuda. okay but yeah. um 
that playlist a few months before going to Nashville really helped me to go, okay, I get this. Yeah. Kind of, you're starting to get it. And, you know, it's that, uh, you know, three chords and the truth. When <laughs> exactly. you get into the lyrics, that's like the, the point, you know. Yeah, it's, it's real stuff. Clever. I think, yeah, you ask a lot of people. I mean, it's even funny. Uh, at the point of recording this, the, there's a show that's just been on ITV. I don't know whether you've seen it, starring Megan McKenna. I haven't. Who no. is, uh, she's from Towie. She's from The Only Way is Essex. Oh, right. And uh, she, she wants to be a country music star. Uh, and so they kind of follow her and, and she goes to Nashville and and, uh, and uh, goes out and, and tries to write songs with wow. famous people and they play at the Bluebird and, and, yeah. and all that stuff. And it's really interesting that it's... It's even as far as as that. She said she, That's you know, nice. for her whole life, she's been listening to old old country music tunes. Yeah. And again, she and a lot of people uh, who've done very well in the country scene recently, you know, Marin Morris and Casey Musgraves, and all those sorts of people, are always asked what's so great about country music, and everyone just says it's, you know, the, the lyrics are about real life and real things and yeah, people's yeah. experiences and stuff that you go through, rather than uh, I don't know, you know going into a club and get, yeah. getting loads of drinks lined up. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I suppose, I suppose, to... yeah, I suppose a few people do that anyway, but, you know, yeah. it's, it's about proper meaningful stuff, which I think is, is why it's so great. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not to think that Will I Am is, uh, I'm not going to put him down. I <laughs> no. think he's a great producer and stuff, yeah. but the fact that he wrote, um, uh, this is going to, was it going to be the best night? Yeah. Um, wrote by himself on New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, are you at the part? I don't know. But, yeah. Um, no, I've well, no credit to him as well. He's, he's very talented. Like you say, he's a very talented producer. It's not knocking other stuff, but I think, I think it's just, you know, country music. So, so mm. honest and, uh, and real. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think that might be a, a bit of a draw for, I think, um, people in the UK. There's kind of a weird, nostalgia in the lyrics that perhaps hasn't been uh you know it's not nostalgic in mem your living memory but the idea of the big red skies <laughs> and the yeah. uh, boots swinging from a tailgate and things. <laughs> i mean there's a line between you know um someone in their bedroom writing really different country songs and then there's luke bryan yeah uh, yeah Dixie i know Cups and stuff but, yeah, yeah. Um, it's all kind of there in the imagination and, yeah and, it kind of just romantic images of things mm. isn't it yeah for sure yeah yeah, the yeah the the American dream is you know kept as a dream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. So, under the apple tree had its first festival last year at Bush Hall. Was that? Uh, it's Cadogan Hall. Oh, yeah, Cadogan. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah it's, that's all right. It's, it's Bad research. Fairly <laughs> that's all right. It's a hall in London. You know. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was lovely. Um, yeah, it was a little day festival. We, it was a, sort of an indoor thing, so we did it in Cadogan Hall. Is a great venue actually. Have you been before? To I haven't. No, it's really mm. cool. I think it's funny actually because we, whilst we were there, we were drawing comparisons with the Ryman Auditorium, which is in oh, Nashville, wow. because it, it used to be a church as well. Yeah, a long, long time ago, hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Um, but it's it's got it's got a, a somewhat similar vibe in that uh, so it's it's got two levels you've got the floor and then you've got a balcony and the balcony mm. still have the church pew seats yeah. uh, although the floor's got you know standard sort of uh, seating rows and stuff but yeah so it was really cool so we had the main stage in the auditorium bit and then there's a foyer area uh, where we had the sort of second stage and wow. had a load of people play Andrew Combs the Andrew previous Combs. guest was playing yeah. uh, we had Patty Griffin and oh. uh, Ward Thomas played. Uh, Scott Matthews, who's great. Catherine McGrath, who's sort of up and coming. Yeah, coach yeah. I here as well, and loads of other awesome people. So yeah, it was it was really good fun. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, with the, have you been to the Ryman very many times? Have you seen yes, shows. Yeah, I've seen seen quite a few. It's been mainly. Uh, I'd normally go over for the Americana mm. uh, Fest, which is happen. It happens every September, and there's always the uh, Americana Awards show in the middle of that week, which always takes place at the Ryman. So I've, I've yeah. been to that. A few times. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen an actual sort of 
tour show there. It's always I've always been for the for the awards. Mm. I've probably been, I guess, four three or four times for the awards show and yeah, seen some yeah. amazing performances. Last year, my favourite was um, Parker Millsap, who oh, right, did yeah. his song called Heaven Sent, which is oh, it's an amazing song. It's, it's written in the perspective of a gay guy who's grown up in a very church-oriented background. Yeah, yeah. And you know the struggles of it, and it's, the lyrics are incredible. And he performed it with. Um, Aoife O'Donovan and wow. Sarah Jarose on backing vocals in this band, and it was utterly amazing. So, yeah, yeah that was great. And, uh, the previous year, uh, Jason Isbell did Cover Me Up, which is like just another outstandingly good song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's always a very special night. There's, they, they get the, the great and the good of the Americana scene down there. But the, aside from that and the standard, you know, guided tour, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I don't think I've been to see an actual headline show there i should yeah, I should get yeah. that off my bucket list really <laughs> i was i was very close i've i've been to the into the kind of lobby area yeah and we asked what was on that night and they said or like you know in two hours time and they're like it's old crow old crow medicine show oh, yeah and we've got one ticket left oh my god yeah <laughs> so it was like <laughs> my friend was like you can go i missed fight over it in can't. the lobby yeah uh, they lived in they lived in nashville the whole time so oh okay so they yeah they 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 weren't that fussed right. I decided not to yeah I think we went to the um, the blues club instead yeah. Yeah. I mean there's there's a hundred good venues you can go to in Nashville on yeah. any given night this is one of the Ooh. brilliant things about it yeah, yeah. doors away from each other have you, have exactly. you done the strip like, yeah yeah I mean uh, again around the Americana Awards is a really good time mm. to be in town because there's obviously there's the Americana there's two big award ceremonies there's the Americanas and then in November there's the CMAs mm. uh, the Country Music Awards and, and that's that's very glitzy and glamorous and there's a lot of uh, tourists who come into town and the, the Americanas, uh, as I suppose the difference in the genres are, it's a bit more sort of, uh, I wonder, not, not gritty, but you know, it's that kind of, it's sort of, uh, it's the more innocent side of things. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's quite a bit less busy and there's loads of really cool up and coming artists that play and they across the week, uh, the festival takes over loads of the venues in town. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's a really cool, cool time to be there. You know, if you walk down, uh, Broadway yeah. during the Americanas, like even after the awards show, uh, a lot of the artists who perform go back to Roberts, which is on the bars hey. there. And like last year, Steve Earl just popped up and played on stage and, wow. and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, aside from, from Broadway, you can go down to the, like the Mercy Lounge and the mm. Cannery Ballroom. Uh, there's even um, Jack White's place, Third Man Records. Yeah, I saw yeah. Larkin Poe there last year, and that was great. Oh, wow. um, so I always think if there's a, a time of year that I recommend to go to Nashville, it's always the, the first oh, couple yeah. of weeks of September because oh, cool. uh, loads of just really, really cool artists yeah. converge on the town, and uh, yeah, it's yeah. a really nice atmosphere. Uh, yeah, so I've done done quite a few of those venues on on the late That's nights cool. during the during that week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we we had the rule that when I went with my friend Mike, as I said, then. Yeah. We had the rule that you could only have one drink in each place. And we still didn't manage to get around the place. And it was yeah. only like a bottle. It wasn't like you know, yeah, yeah. anything too big. I know. Just... There were, well, literally on Broadway, you, you walk out of one door and into the next. Yeah. And it's just a venue literally every door down. And there's yeah. music coming out from, you know, 11 a.m. to yeah. 4 a.m. It's amazing. It's yeah, really it's, amazing. And we saw... Yeah. We saw um, the same bassist about four times. I'm like, nice. yeah. Well, we go, oh man, I've got like four gigs this weekend. Yeah. And like, he's just like, that's his every day, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, do you think exactly. like, how do, how do you think that that side of Nashville, the kind of, uh, uh, you know, not, it's not kind of necessarily touristy, but I guess it kind of mm. is the, the on um, uh, Broadway. How does that uh, 
exist with the side that is the songwriting side do you mm. think like i know it's mentioned quite a lot about east nashville or kind of there's there's, there's the side of people that are doing a lot of songwriting for themselves a little undercurrent mm. and then there's the batman tower uh, you know batman yeah, yeah. building yeah, and then sure. there's the side with the record labels How yeah i think it all kind of um i mean obviously nashville is a place uh i first went in 2010 and and really since even just before then i guess but certainly over the last few years it's the popularity of it's just grown so much it's yeah. it's amazing really um how many people are going there and moving there and how much stuff's happening yeah. um and i i think as with everything really that you know the, the good comes with the bad and the bad comes with the good in certain respects yeah. i mean since i first went in 2010 there's been a load more really cool places that have popped up and obviously with the popularity of the place going up a lot of our national friends and people have been doing very well because yeah, yeah. uh it just you know the market is 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 growing so yeah. much um and even house prices i mean that, that's another side of things the house prices you know in, in east nashville especially being one of those places have just you know quadrupled mm. over the last five years which is great if you owned a house beforehand obviously but then for people you know songwriters trying to get in there now it's yeah. a bit more difficult um which is yeah so I, I think that that's a good side of things and even uh, you know the tv show the the, yeah. the the drama nashville has been a huge part of that because even in, over here it's it's massively yeah, popular yeah. and that's been great for the songwriting community in a lot of ways in nashville because a lot of the, the you know real stalwart songwriters who uh, have been around in the town for ages people like Mary gaucher and beth nelson chapman and yeah, people yeah. Who, who write songs for you know they write amazing songs have written songs for the series striking and matches <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and then you know you get people like buddy miller and uh and everybody involved in mm. the in the music production side of things on the show which which is really cool but then obviously with the popularity um you know i just i i hope nashville doesn't lose its its heart you know mm. there's been stories of you know like the rca studios being knocked down to be turned into condos luckily that didn't go through yeah. but um yeah, I just, you know, I don't want it to go over the tipping point that it starts losing yeah. some of those really nice places that have existed there for so long. Just, yeah, yeah. It just become another big city. I mean, I think it's, 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 it's just about, you know, it's on the, on the cusp now, but uh, it's, it, it's great that it is so popular, I think. Yeah, and yeah. I'm sure a lot of the songwriters and musicians that have been around there have really seen the benefit of, um, you know, the tourist yeah, scene definitely. of things and, People selling CDs and selling tickets to shows, yeah. uh, which is great. Yeah, that's the thing that I th it feels quite dense of that side. Like I, mm. like as somebody who attempts, like a lot of people do, to write songs. I, mm. I don't think I'd ever even, you know, when I've been over there, I don't, I would never consider myself a songwriter or a guitarist. It's just kind of something I like to do in my, uh, you know, outside of work. But mm. um, over over here, I feel like you know, I'm trying to do gigs. I'm trying to get, yeah. um, you know, an album together and things. And yeah. I think what's great about Nashville is that people are just completely uh, uninhibited, mm. or they or, or they, they they treat everybody in that way. And that uh, you know, if you are uninhibited, uh, you know, and you go to a writer's round or you go to a, a guitar pull at someone's house and you just whack out a guitar and yeah. play a song, they'll respect you a lot just to, just because of the fact that you know you have done that and, yeah, and yeah. that sort of thing. So it's very welcoming. Um, I know it, uh, I mean I can't speak from the songwriting side or anything from for myself obviously mm. but I imagine for people going over there it might be quite nerve-wracking to, yeah. to t turn up into this room with a songwriter who's written yeah. many incredible songs and, and it's true that you know even if you're just walking down the street and uh, you hail a cab or something and you get in the back of the taxi and the guy who's driving the taxi is like the best guitarist you've ever seen yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah. I, I, yeah I guess it might might be quite 
quite nerve-wracking in that way but yeah, i think yeah. people respect you a whole lot if you if you you know you just go for it really yeah yeah um so i th- I do think it's welcoming in that way even though the quality is very very high yeah yeah uh, I, I do think that they'll welcome anyone in which is nice yeah yeah i think so there's a lot of um british museum musicians that are going over to record and write danny nichols mm-hmm. i see going over quite a, a bit or at least a couple of times and yeah no there's, there's a lot of people a lot of the people we get in for sessions under the apple mm-hmm. tree who are british have said they've been over there um so yeah i mean even war thomas yeah, uh, yeah. whenever and the shires who yeah. got really great success yeah did, did loads of stuff in nashville and and writing there's a guy called jeff cohen who okay. uh is a songwriter in nashville and he he he's written with just about everybody i think wow. it's been in under yeah. apple tree everyone from yeah Britain. exactly we saw worry dolls uh recently as yeah. well this great duo and they've written with jeff and, and recorded loads of stuff out there yeah uh so it, it is great that they're they're so welcoming in that way and, and now there's the americana association uk as well which is mm. still fairly early on i mean it's been going for a couple of years now i think um but the uh, you know us americana association has never seen it as like a competition type of thing yeah. they've welcomed everybody in with open arms yeah, and yeah absolutely help promote stuff so it's it's really lovely that they there's never as far as i can tell anyway from from my perspective that there's never been barriers that they put up yeah to stop people trying to get yeah, in yeah. They're, they're very welcoming and they you know they, they look after people which yeah, is nice yeah. it's really interesting i think like you know a lot of musicians going west to you know to to record these albums stuff we've decided we've gone west to um uh, Whitney West Talks yeah. Yeah, that's, that's about as far as our bus ticket can take us uh, yeah but, sure well Whitney's um, a lovely place it's, yeah there's a little studio <laughs> a little secret studio we've got there. oh cool um, I think there's other uh, other cities in the states that have like do you think Austin Texas I've never been myself do you yeah. think that maybe would suffer or there'd be kind of just shift and once um, Nashville becomes expensive or saturated people that are you know don't want to spend so much on a house but want to write music and things might move there or Denver, Colorado, I think, mm. I think one of my favorite cities in the States. Yeah. And I think one that was creatively incredibly inspiring. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, no, it is interesting. I think Austin's in a similar place to Nashville, to be honest, and it mm. is also very popular. You know, I, I think if you talk to um, anyone about sort of the country music scene in particular, if there's two cities in America that you'd go to, it'd probably be Austin and, and yeah, Nashville. Yeah. Um, it, is, it is an interesting point, though, and I think I've heard people talk about it that for the songwriters just up and coming now trying to make it in Nashville and, and trying to live there is getting to the point where that is pricing those sorts of people out now. Yeah. So it'll be interesting uh, if, if, if the prices keep going up as to whether they find another, another yeah, city yeah. close to it or whether there's another little community that springs up. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, like in East Nashville, like you were saying, that, that was because uh, yeah, the housing used to be a bit cheaper there, obviously because it was out at the city centre and stuff. Yeah, um, which is why all the all the sort of up and comer singer songwriters moved there and yeah. started writing songs and stuff. Um, and consequently, it's a really I love East Nashville. It's such a cool area. There's, mm. I mean, every there's like with downtown, there's uh, venues every door you walk into of all the houses in Nashville. Every other one has got a little studio, or yeah. you know, it's it's, it's all housing. Yeah, guitars yeah. or all that stuff. So it's a lovely place, um, and and because of that, it's it's grown, and and become mm. just a really lovely area to be. There's there's great little restaurants and bars and stuff now in, in East Nashville. But yeah, um, it, it will be interesting if if it keeps growing and yeah, yeah. becoming more affluent. If, uh, if 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 there's another little area that crops up somewhere where yeah. all the new songwriters are moving to. Yeah, yeah. I found um, spent a couple of weeks in Knoxville. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's four and a half hours drive. Maybe mm. have you been? There? I haven't been to Knoxville. I recommend taking a little look because okay. what it felt like is there's there's I mean it's a music town 
um and it's got it's a a college town mm. uh, yeah which apparently is quite important to, yeah uh, in america yeah. it's more liberal i guess because um, you've got some kids hanging out yeah sure okay um but yeah it's like a cool city um but it has a lot of musicians traveling through that are small enough that their their pull isn't that radius to mm. Nashville, so they can't just do a show in Nashville. Right. But they can play in Knoxville before they go over to yeah, okay. Memphis or whatever. Mm. But um, yeah, you can catch some really amazing stuff. I All think. Right. Uh, I'll have to look it up. Yeah, there's quite a few yeah. um, uh, venues there and lots of bands that seem to be doing their thing. And um, but yeah, and I've, I watched. I can't remember what it was. A documentary about um, uh, music in America, and they mentioned that Knoxville is one of the, it had like one of the highest murder rates. You know, like God. when in like the forties, thirties, something like that. Quite, that's, yeah. that's why it's really dark country, really kind of <laughs> yeah. um, melancholy stuff. It's yeah. quite an interesting yeah. uh, place to go. Um, so, being around all this country music or music in general, yeah. um, probably your whole life, I would expect. Yeah, pretty much. Have you, have you ever thought about you know, uh, putting a few <laughs> few words together, and I mean, I I do I, I kind of d- d- not so much songwriting, but I do dabble. I I play percussion um, oh, cool. a, a bit, and I've played played a few gigs with people on that side. And I do play guitar quite badly, um, but never never started writing. I don't know. I've always I mean I've always kind of started or thought about starting. Mm. And writing a few lyrics down and stuff, but it's never materialised into anything. I think the place I would do it. And so every year we, uh, I go down and film this amazing uh, thing called the Chris Difford Songwriting Retreat, mm. which is organised by uh, Chris Difford of Squeeze, and it's um, partly organised by the Buddy Holly Educational Foundation, wow. which is great. And uh, it's basically a week long thing where there's about forty songwriters who converge on this big old country house in Somerset yeah. and just spend all day writing songs. And it, it's it's so amazing and inspiring that if yeah. I was ever to 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 be inspired enough to go and do it it might be there but then like like in Nashville I guess uh with with that week you've got the really established writers who've written for everybody and their yeah. dog yeah you yeah. know to down right down to we I think this year we even had somebody who was like 16 years old wow he was just starting out and, and writing and you get thrown in a room you get basically you get, you get split off into groups of three yeah or the writers do during the day and uh they go off and write a song and then in the evening after after dinner everyone then uh, converges and performs the songs they've written yeah, during yeah. the day in front of everybody. So again, that can be quite a nerve-wracking thing, but it's a similar situation in that everybody's so welcoming and uh, it, it's just a great vibe. Yeah, so yeah. if ever I was to do anything, I might just try and tag along on a little group during the day and be like, can yeah, I just yeah, sit in absolutely. and try and do some stuff? Yeah, <laughs> be, You should, you should. Yeah, like, I, I've been, yeah, I've wanted to. Maybe maybe next year, we'll have to see. <laughs> you've, you know, you've, there's, there's obviously kind of a part of you that has the you know what's good and or you what you like and that is quite mm. well you know re- regarded and received with um, all of the people that you have on uh, under the apple tree so you're obviously taking in a lot mm. so maybe yeah, it's just no. it's, i mean yeah in, in equal parts it makes me realize how how good everybody is that we get in like mm. when i sit down with a guitar and i'm just you know playing away and then yeah. you, you get some incredible people who come in and just like i'm never gonna be that good i mean <laughs> yeah but yeah you know, it's great it, it is it's very inspiring and i, I have I've, grew, I've grown up around it my whole mm. life i guess with with my dad being in the business for so long i uh i you know i basically grew up in studios and yeah, yeah. that sort of thing the whole time and i guess it kind of it kind of soaked into me from an early age really i mean i i'd so because I, I do all the sound on the um sessions and uh whilst i'm part you know properly trained as a, a filmmaker i've not done even a second of of oh, like wow. sound technician yeah. training i've never done never sat down and done anything yeah. um 
So I'm probably doing everything absolutely wrong, but um, <laughs> I don't think so. It um, great. Yeah, but that that I guess is just something that uh, yeah, it's probably just soaked into me through my life of just seeing how good all the BBC engineers are. And if uh, you know, I've sat in with, with my dad on yeah. his Radio Two shows a lot and seen how they work and stuff, so yeah, I, I yeah. guess it just got it's just got ingrained into my psyche in some way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And with the kind of, you seem to be very interested in songwriting itself. Yeah. So like how. Like what? What is it about the process that I don't know? You? It's just I'm I, it, I'm kind of funny because I, I my favorite songs all the time are always incredibly sad. Oh, uh, really? I, I don't know what it, why, but I always think really sad songs. That's why you know the two songs I mentioned about the Americanas that cover me up yeah. and um, uh, Heaven Sent yeah. are both inherently sad songs yeah, and, yeah. And, and very slow. But I don't know. I always just think it's something very beautiful about uh, sad songs. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is about songwriting. I think it's just it's how how poetically, if you get a really good songwriter, how how very poetically people can mm. say meaningful things, you know, without just saying, "Oh, I feel crap," you yeah, know, yeah. "The world is awful," or yeah, <laughs> "Or yeah, I feel yeah. great." What a beautiful day! I just yeah, the way that you get the brilliant lyricists who just come up with phrases and uh, different meanings to stuff and, yeah, and all yeah. that sort of thing, I find really interesting. Uh, yeah yeah i think um that uh, the kind of idea that the you know the slightly sadder songs or sadder melodies whatever it is that yeah. makes you kind of feel like that john Frashanti said um you know it, uh, sad songs make him happy in this kind yeah. of like oh there's someone else out there i think there's yeah. an element of really putting yourself on the line with your yeah. emotions well no like, exactly I, that's what i've always found you know for, for musicians is that if you're writing a song hmm. specifically about an event in your life you are basically just laying your diary in yeah. front of people and saying here we go so this, this <laughs> yeah, is what yeah. happened to me <laughs> judge me yeah exactly yeah so uh, yeah it's a, it's a really really interesting concept i think it, you know just uh, i mean i don't know how it is how, how how you find it or how autobiographical your writing is but it's just um, i imagine it's somewhat of a release but then you know if you're writing about something that's really really personal yeah and uh, sticking it out there for everybody. Yeah. Have you? What, how do you find that, that side of things then? So I, I have, my writing is 100% autobiographical. Mm. It's all true, even chronologically through the verses. <laughs> it has to be yeah. completely right. And generally they're little stories and a lot of them have come about from being in other places. So a lot of them in America, uh, mm. Canada, uh, Spain and things of seeing these cultural references or differences that I find really quite interesting. One thing that I've noticed at the moment, which I'm trying to write in a non uh, kind of lame way, <laughs> is the Italian old man sense of style and fedora hat. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah. <laughs> um, that is, I don't know, like the <laughs> kind of nuances like that. Like I, there's this little thing that was sitting on some steps in, in Spain, in San Sebastian. Um, it was a jazz festival and we were just oh, kind of cool, there yeah. with the family. And we're sitting having a glass of like one euro fifty wine, <laughs> and this like old like gentleman here is definitely a gentleman. He's not a man. He's a gentleman. Yeah. Walked out with the fedora hat, just like put his espresso coffee cup down. He was obviously there, like every day. Put his espresso like a little bit too hard. Pete, he wanted people to know he left. Yeah. <laughs> Gave a little kind of um, like a he kind of cr like scrunched up his face a little bit as if to like kind of like a little uh, chow or whatever. And then, yeah, like, yeah. Tipped his hat and was off. And I was like, oh. <laughs> just in this kind of moment, this cool that everyone always tries for. This yeah. old dude's got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the kind of noticing things like that and then just yeah yeah there's, there's there's little little moments yeah. i guess it's it's the way a songwriter or a creative person's mind works mm. in a sense well i guess it's the same with painters and uh people like that that 
you, you can take just even a split second thing yeah, yeah. and turn it into something yeah. uh, much more, which I, I, I think is really cool. I think, yeah. I, think what I, I never used it as a release. I never sung about anything too personal. Mm. So although there would be personal stories and things, there would be nothing that would be uh, something that I would actually put myself out there mm. until, and, until um, from uh, kind of writing a little bit with Kevin Duggan from Loud Mountains. Mm. Um, and... He is, is, I hope I'm not giving this bit away from what he's told me, but <laughs> yeah. he, he kind of writes, even if it's like a bit of writing or as a kind of release like that. So I kind yeah. of started doing that just for my own self. Yeah. And it was therapy. It was incredible. Yeah. So I think, you know, not everyone's mind kind of works like that. I'd certainly yeah. never say that, you know, I would be a creative person. I don't feel like writing songs for me, like, I don't know, it just feels like you have to do it, otherwise I'm going to well, get Well, yeah, I, I think that's, yeah, that's, that's again, that's another thing about the absolutely real great, uh, whatever, whatever they are, painters, mm. artists, musicians, uh, screen writers, you know, uh, is that it's not something even the, I mean, obviously they really want to do it, but it's something that they have to do. Yeah, it's just yeah. in them that they have to do it. They have to they have to sing this song, or they have to write this down, or they have to paint this yeah, yeah. painting. It's just yeah, something in you, I think, isn't it? I I I'm a firm believer that I think everybody has something creative yeah. in them. It's just whether people choose to embrace it and pursue it, uh, or or whether you know they they kind of prioritize other things, which is absolutely fine if they prioritize something else in their life but i do think in every every person yeah, yeah. there's there's something you know whether it's a, whether it's dancing i don't know or, yeah. or 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 drawing or impressions or something like that yeah. everybody has that little creative strand to them i, I think it's yeah. just it's just trying to trying to find it and and work out how to how to release it i completely agree with you i think um from having a mother as an art teacher mm. um like the whole kind of thread through my life was that like she's like she thinks every well believe her but she thinks every every child that goes through her school um uh you know has a creative streak they yeah. can do what they can but the element that some people don't want to do is the practice like mm. you oh, know yeah, I guess it's true, yeah. picking up the guitar the epiphone sg mm. uh, for like my 13th birthday mm. or whatever like you know slaving over that because oh, i enjoyed yeah. it. it doesn't feel like work or whatever but yeah. you know um yeah, it's it's definitely one that's really good to uh, focus on and, and and practice. I think a, a practice, a practice to practice. That sounds yeah. Lame, but, um, <laughs> no, no, you're right. Songwriting itself. Yeah, I um I I did an, an interview for a documentary uh, recently with with Danny Thompson, who's a, a great bassist, yeah. double bassist, and he played in the, the folk band Pentangle and, wow. and all those sorts of things. Anyway, um, he was saying about when he was when he was younger and uh, he got his double bass and it was just you know he just had to play he was talking about it and you know there'd be certain times where he'd be sitting indoors yeah and there'd be kids out on the street playing football and he was like oh that'd be great i might just go out and, and just kick a ball around and he, he had over his doorway a sign that literally just said practice yeah and so if if there was ever a day where he'd just been lounging around and not doing very much and he went to walk out of his room and he looked up and he saw practice yeah. and he's like ah damn it better yeah. practice and then it, so it didn't matter what he was doing he he'd sit there and practice every yeah, day yeah. just just to you know keep going which is a very admirable uh way of doing things i don't think i've got self-discipline ready to do that yeah but yeah you know it's it's, it's amazing it's definitely an interesting i think there's the idea of ten thousand hours as well right yeah um <laughs> which I, I haven't i haven't read the book i have to say but i've been yeah. a few friends have mentioned this you got to practice for ten thousand hours before you're an expert okay and yeah. my my kind of always answer to that is you know do you practice 10,000 hours at the, the same thing yeah. or 
10,000 hours at musical instruments, then you're an expert of musical <laughs> yeah, instruments. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I think it does. I think it really is. It's, it's whether people think practice is a chore or not. You know? Yeah, I know. It, yeah, exactly. If, if it's something that you really love, it won't feel like it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's always the same. It's like, you know, when it's, even with the sessions and with, with filmmaking and stuff, I just enjoy it so much that if it wasn't my job, I'd still be doing it yeah, in yeah. my spare time anyway, I think. So, which, is, which is nice. So, yeah, you've got the kind of training in, in filmmaking. Mm. Um, so you get to practice that a lot with the under, the Apple Tree sessions. Yeah. Do you do anything outside of that for the film side? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's mainly music stuff. Um, I've, I've done bits and pieces here and there. But So we've got a, a production company called uh, WBBC, which under the Apple Tree kind of falls under. And uh, we make, uh, yeah, TV documentaries and radio documentaries and things wow. we're in the middle of shooting a series of house concerts which is which is really good fun actually that's, that's cool. what we're going over to nashville to do in in a, in a week or so yeah yeah um which is great so uh there's that i do like you know studio sessions yeah. uh, interviews and stuff and i have done bits and pieces in the past with um various things weddings for a while weddings uh, okay. for a bit yeah, and yeah. uh I'm, i worked with cancer research for a while with the bobby moore fund yeah. that's actually one of my favorite things i've ever done okay. is filming um the wembley pitch day which was like oh, it was cool. like a part celebrity part sort of average punter uh football tournament on the wembley pitch yeah yeah and uh aside from music football is also my other big oh, okay. big love and that was so fun Oxford united fan no, actually. Um, uh, Man United for my sins. I get that off my dad as well. Everyone says, oh, you live in Oxfordshire, you must support Man United. But, uh, yeah. yeah, well, that's it. I know. Uh, I, did, I did go to watch Didcot Town quite a lot, actually. Uh, really? A while ago, but I haven't been quite so much recently. They, they, they were in the uh, FA Cup recently. Got beaten 5-0, I think, by... Um, uh, I can't remember. Billy Ricky now. Okay, uh, yeah. Billy Ricky. Oh, but, no. Uh, I know. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, so, if, if I was to choose any other form of like filmmaking because mm. I, I absolutely love doing music uh, yeah. filmmaking if i was to do anything else i'd love to work on um football broadcasts yeah. oh wow <laughs> be so cool I, I one time uh, i got to go up and uh, go to old trafford and uh, go into the the itv sort of ob unit where they they do all the live match coverage yeah yeah it was so interesting seeing because you on those uh, shoots obviously you've got a live director yeah all the cameramen have got headgear on so they can hear and talk to each other yeah, yeah. and uh, i think i can't remember how many cameras about 23 different cameras right. or something around the stadium and it's the live director's job to be there with his like headset on and obviously you've got the, the wide shot of the tv but then he'd be like camera 12 pick up a close-up of number 14 come into camera 12 now and then you're on camera 12 oh and, then, and then it's like and it's like yeah oh wait there's been the yellow card switch to camera 13 i want a close with the ref giving the card come to 13 now and wow. then and then and then it's like camera 16 prepare to get a close-up on blood it's, i mean it's so fast it's unbelievable yeah, yeah. so yeah there has to be real experts at their fields yeah. to that. it's amazing how much you know you take for granted watching tv shows but that that was amazing. Yeah, that. I'd love to be able to do that. But as as I you know. as I kind of yeah walk into watching you know or my dad's watching the football and kind of like yeah. a cup of tea and he's just been in the garden and yeah he's watching something just to relax and there's so much going oh, on. It's crazy that, how that much goes together. into it. Yeah. Well, TV you know as a, as a rule of thumb, TV programs are just mm. massive work and uh, massive effort. Yeah. Uh, if you're doing a documentary, we we did a documentary about Nashville actually a few years ago for BBC Four and it was an hour long uh, doc. And I think we had about 70 or 80 hours of footage probably wow. to condense yeah, down yeah. into that hour documentary. That's so amazing. It's, it's amazing. And all the different facets of the, of, because, you know, you've got to have somebody doing 
obviously you've got to have a camera operator for each camera, but then you've got to have somebody doing lighting, you've got someone yeah, sound, yeah. you've got someone directing, you've got someone producing, so they're organising everything. Yeah. It's got to be edited and blah de blah it goes on. But yeah. And so were you behind the camera for that? Yeah, that one I was more of sort of production assistant, so I kind of helped on camera here and there. It was quite a while ago now, it must have been 2011, I guess. Mm. Um, so I was just generally helping out really on yeah. that, yeah. That, was that, that wasn't the one with Casey Musgrave? Yeah, it was, yeah, Spell, yeah. House house concert it was so that wow. actually that, that house that was concert was, was <laughs> i what? loved that oh, oh, good. that three times I think. oh good oh thank you um yeah so that that house concert that we filmed for that the, the way that you know, that we're, we've started filming a lot more of these house concerts was that for that documentary mm. uh the like end sequence of the show for anyone that hasn't seen it was a uh was a house concert which was at beth nelson chapman's house yeah. in Nashville. and uh so we, we set up this house concert and there, there are actually about 14 different artists i think who played uh, yeah. during the concert and we filmed the whole thing but obviously it was only about a four minute segment I think at the end of the show so we only mm. got to show maybe three of the performances and not in full at the, at the end of the, of the you know the documentary yeah, yeah. so um, we were like well I mean we've got we've got like 14 absolutely top draw performances yeah. here uh, filmed really nicely and so we said to the red button actually on the BBC we were like it seems a real shame to not use this footage yeah, yeah. Um, you know I, why don't we do like a red button special that you can watch after the show goes out? So that's what ended up happening. So, um, I edited the the sort of house concert show that was available on the red button straight after the documentary went out. And, uh, yeah, we got some really lovely comments about it. And so we thought it's it's quite a good concept for a series. So that's what we're in the middle of shooting now. So we've, the the way we're we're, we're doing it is we're going to sort of iconic cities Mm. and, uh, filming, a concert in someone's house with with artists who are local okay. to that place and yeah, then maybe yeah. exploring a bit of the history of the town and stuff like that so we just did one in new orleans which was okay. which was fantastic we've done one in austin as well uh, we're going back to nashville uh in like i mean like three days after recording this which is yeah. scary yeah um doing one in la later in the year cool. and i think we've got another one that we're going to do here at, at my dad's house in in oxfordshire in o-town <laughs> in o-town yeah yeah ox yeah um so yeah it's it's really interesting because uh, as a concept it's not something i mean i, I know of people that do house concert tours over here but mm. i think in america it's a bit more established it's basically i mean it's, it's as self-explanatory as it sounds yeah. like you go and yeah. do a concert in someone's house but it's really lovely i think because it's so so intimate because mm. obviously you're going into somebody's home they'll invite their friends over and you can actually sell tickets to it yeah you know then make food and yeah with drinks it's so it's such a lovely atmosphere yeah uh but then it's it's, it's kind of in a way it's quite similar to the end of the apple tree stuff because obviously then when you're in someone's house it's not like a big stage yeah so you've got to strip it back a bit and uh it makes for really lovely stuff so yeah, yeah. beth yeah jason isbell uh, did did wow. a performance there and there's people like um kim Carnes and like john fulbright and beth did something and That's cool. um yeah it's really lovely so during the show we um we get some of the like local cuisine yeah, so in yeah. nashville we had the chef come and do us a big vat of gumbo oh wow which was, which was fantastic <laughs> we had uh somebody do like texan enchiladas for the, for the oh, austin cool. show and yeah. then in nashville we're going to this place called um hattie b's hot chicken because <laughs> oh, wow. nashville hot chicken is is a big thing there so, is it so, oh, yeah. that's a vegetarian so, i wouldn't no i guess not <laughs> no, unfortunately yeah but, i wasn't yeah. a vegetarian at the time i should have taken that opportunity yeah it is really hot having said that so is if it? you're not good with spicy food I, being a ginger i, I can't handle it very oh, really? even, even the mild is like 
Oh, really? Blows your pants off. I'm, yeah. usually a, <laughs> I'm usually a kind of medium spice over here, so maybe I should probably just leave it anyway. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, but yeah, so that should be fun. So we're going over there um, to, to be filming that soon, which Amazing. should be good fun, yeah. Oh, well, that sounds great. I think that's yeah. a good good time to round off the sure. conversation. Well, thanks a lot for having me, John. I've really Thank enjoyed you. it. Yeah, thanks for coming. No worries. Cheers. <laughs>